You forgot. Houston, we have a problem. Welcome back, everyone, to a fresh new episode of GNA 365 Entertainment. We are yet again here for another inspiring conversational piece. Um, and this week's guest star is musician Corey. You know, the funny thing about meeting Corey, like, I didn't know Corey prior to to doing, like, pretty much prior to doing this show. Most of the guests that I've had on here so far, I've kind of had some relationship with in some way. But um, fate just kind of brought me to Corey. One night I was at a, um, a showcase in Hollywood and I saw this artist on stage just like really vibing out and I was like immediately captured by her voice and so ever since I saw her at this showcase in Hollywood like I'm like I have to get this girl on my show um I have to interview her and just kind of pick her brain her artistic brain and see you know where did this girl come from and why I haven't heard of her before so everybody I want to introduce you to my guest star Corey introduce people Corey but no one can introduce you like yourself so <laughs> just give the people a little bit about yourself and you know um just yeah a little bit of your background I am from New Jersey I only came to LA about a year ago um I was doing in New York for a bit but the uh the industry really moved out to LA so I took the leap uh, it's been so far so good uh I've been a dancer my whole life I was dancing before I was singing really and uh I mean the, yeah the two go hand in hand but um yeah I went to school for I went to college for music and then I've been doing it ever since so what do you think of LA so far now that you're actually out here like you know I did not think I was gonna like LA as much as I do I really love the east coast I grew up there I went to college there my my family is there but you know I think if you find a circle of people you can, a good circle of people, you can make anywhere feel like home. And if I feel like I'm home, I feel like I can survive anywhere. So, you know, I found some really good people here in LA and the scene is really big out here. There's a lot of opportunity and I like it a lot so far. I really do. Cool. It took, it honestly took me about nine months because I'm from Chicago. Um, and I I moved out here, um, last March and I did not actually like LA until maybe January of this year. I've heard that from a lot of people that yeah. it took them, it took them a bit. Yeah, I, um, so you came out here like two months before me. Yeah, or a month before me. <laughs> and I was seriously considering going back home. Like, yep, this is not for me. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really <laughs> <Were you> homesick. Really? <laughs> but no, LA is it's 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 it's, its own entity. And you have to sure. appreciate it for that. You can't compare it to anything else because it's not like anything else whatsoever. It's not easy out here. No, no, but no. definitely not. But if you stay on track, I think you can always find your way back to your path because you're always going to falter. Everyone does. But yeah. as long as you can always find your way back to your path, you're good. I agree. Um, and it's funny that you said the whole thing about um, surrounding yourself with positive people and just like a good circle of people that makes it feel yeah, like a new home because... I'm noticing um, some of the creative people that I'm, I'm circling myself with. They really do make this experience here a lot easier. When you yes. link, when you link up with people who are doing the same thing that you're doing and have the same interests or yep. the same values, like it's so much cooler and it makes things 
a lot more interesting. 100%. (laughs) So (laughs) being a music lover like myself, I know that you probably know like a laundry list of songs. And so I thought that for our first icebreaker, um, it would be really cool to like do this segment called Finish That Lyric. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to get tested. Okay. Yeah. And feel free to hum or sing the rest of the lyric like, Show people what your talent is, because I'm definitely going to give it a shot at singing some of the lyrics. Um, (laughs) And so I chose four songs that I thought were kind of well-versed, and a lot of people would know them, you know, if we we get these lyrics right. (laughs) Okay, let's see. Let's see what we can do. Okay. Okay. (laughs) In every long lost road, let me to where you are. Others that broke my heart. Yes. <laughs> they were like northern stars, leading me on my way into your loving mind. <laughs> yes, I God love that song. Broken Road, Rascal Flatts. Rascal Flatts, God bless the broken yes. road. Yes. Now, the first time I heard that song, I probably was, I had to be about 11. And my cousin was obsessed with Rascal Flatts, so she, like, played it on a loop for, like, a month. And I was so tired of it by the time it was all said and done. But it's still one of those songs that always stands out. Like, you can't get rid of this song. It's, like, it's here to stay. It's so beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, moving on to the next one. Let's see if you know this one. Have you ever loved somebody so much it makes you cry? Have you ever needed something so well you can't sleep at night? Have you ever tried to find the words? I love Brandy. Have you ever, have you ever, ever? Yes, for the runs. I love the runs. Brandy. Um, yeah, but Brandy yeah. is the truth. And I don't yes. think she gets her just doing the industry at all, but I love her. She's so awesome. I love her too. Man, I remember when The Boy's Mind came out. That (laughs) yes, that's almost just oh my god. I feel like everybody picked a side. Like (laughs) everyone picked a side from day one. Like you either knew you were going to be a Monica fan or a Brandy fan from that point out. Yeah, they're both great, but ooh, yeah, yeah. Okay, two more to go. You're doing good. You're picking okay. up. On, you're picking up on all of these so far. So good. All right, all right, all right. Let's see. Let's see. Now, this <laughs> artist I've loved since day one, and this particular song <clears throat> came out when I was in high school, and I remember like just turning it on blast, like getting out my teenage aggression. <laughs> so um, here I am once again. I'm torn in pieces. Can't deny it. Can't pretend, just as <laughs> you were the one, broken down, deep inside, but you don't get to see that tear, I cry, behind these hazel eyes. Kelly Clarkson. I thought I was going to get that at first. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what is he singing? And then, that's that's what's crazy about music. I was like, what is he singing? And then something just took over and yes. I started singing the rest of it. <laughs> something about that melody, you catch it at some point. Yeah, but music is just crazy, you know? Like, you, that's what's so powerful about it. You don't forget it. You can always remember, you yes. know, no matter how long. Definitely. There's something about a melody. Um, and that song, to, that entire album, I think it was the Breakaway album from Kelly Clarkson. And that particular song was Behind These Hazel Eyes. But the Breakaway album, like, was yes. legit. Yes. Yeah. 
so I'm a diehard Kelly Clarkson fan. Um, so moving on to the okay. la- the very last Let's song. Do it. No matter how I think we grow, you always seem to let me know. I don't know this one. Really? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Hold on. It's um it's Lauren Hill X Factor. Wait, what'd you say? I got you on one. One point for me oh, and, and three and three for Corey. Stop. <laughs> Damn. I really thought that I you would have known that. So many other on hers. I don't know why how I missed that. Okay, so what's one of your favorite Lauren Hill songs? Oh man, probably killing me softly. Really? Okay. During her or Fuji everything days. Everything is everything, or that thing? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot to choose from. Like, even though she de- she doesn't have like the catalog that some other artists have. She only did one album. Yes, one album that was the Miss uh, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill, and so that came out in '98. Wow. And she wow. never released another album, and that album just went down in history as one of the best. Um, and a lot of people. You know, to this day, still rock with Lauren Hill very hard. So for sure. Okay, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> so, seeing that we were talking about albums and songs and our favorites, I thought that this next icebreaker would be really cool um, from an artist's perspe- perspective as well, because you're always working on music as an artist, like whether you're putting together a body of work or not, like you're always recording something. And so yes. this scenario finds both of us having the opportunity of a lifetime where we get signed to a label and the label gives us complete creative control of our first album. Okay, so this is, we're doing a hypothetical right now. Yeah, so it's almost like build a bear, but build an album. <laughs> okay so it's your debut out okay. al- it's your debut album all eyes are on you who do you work with mm-hmm. on the album what's the al- album title and what's the genre of music that you'll be doing oh no okay Ooh, damn who do i collab with yes and this oh. goes from writers to producers whatever you want i feel like one singer that's just like my idol i'd love to collab with is uh christina aguilera i mean any any like singer singer Okay. I feel like it's going to say that she's, ooh, or Celine Dion. Damn, this is, yeah, this is hard for me. You will, you will see as this goes on that I am indecisive on some things, but <laughs> very decisive on some things and other things. I'm like, ooh, that's tough. Okay. I feel like Pharrell would be a really cool person to collaborate with because he seems very open and like it would be a real free space and he's just amazing. I agree completely. Ooh, ooh can I like bring people back from the dead? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, this is this is like fantasy music, like fantasy football and stuff. So we get to do what we want. Ooh, like can I do? I can do a duet with Sam Cooke. Oh, I love old music. Yes. I love old music, and he is one of my favorites. That would be so. dope. So, do you have any more picks for like collabs? So many people. Oh, Sam Smith. I would love to collaborate. Oh with yeah, him. Sam. I haven't heard from him mm. in a while. Like I'm, I'm ready for another album. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, he's been out for a minute. Yeah. Uh, Sure, Sam Smith. A lot of the, a lot of the British. So, what would your overall genre of music be for this album? Okay, so this was always a tough thing for me because I like to sing a lot of different genres. It always surrounds around a soulful something soulful, though. Okay. So, I've come to the place where I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be put in just one box. And everyone's always like, what is your specific genre? I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be confined to one thing. So, I would say that it's pop soul and some of my music leans pop soul little r b some of it leans more toward you know the pop some of it leans a little more toward the soul mm-hmm. uh, 
But that's what I would say. I feel like, you know, and a lot of artists, as their careers go on and progress, you see they change different things. They try different things as they go. But yeah, overall, I would say pop with a soulful, with a soulful feel. Because like I said, my my favorite music to sing is like that Sam Cooke, Ray Charles, Etta James kind of stuff. Like if I could get on stage and sing any type of of way, it would be that. I mean, I love to sing Okay. A lot of genres and styles, but yeah. No, that's fair. That's completely fair. So it sounds like you want pop soul, which can be translated into marketable soul because the pop element is what makes things marketable. And soul yeah. typically is not as marketable as pop, but when you few have those pop influences, I, I see yeah. the marketing vision that you're going for. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. just, you know what, for me, I'm just like, let me sing. I want to sing. Yeah. I want to really sing on my stuff, you know? Gotcha. Um, I don't want to have to sacrifice that because sometimes, you know, the industry, you get, I don't know, you get signed to a label and you don't really get to do necessarily what you want. Or people are just, you know, nervous nowadays that it won't be marketable, like you said. So, you you know, you veer off certain paths that stray a little bit away from what you do. And I just got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do. Yeah. If you just put out good music, it'll find a home. Definitely. I completely agree. Okay, so I guess let me let me brush through this really quickly. If it was me and I had the opportunity to work with anyone that I wanted to on my album. On the writing end, I would need Ed Sheeran. Yes. I would need, um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but James Fauntleroy. Yes, yes. Yes, I would definitely need him. And I would need Priscilla Renee. Okay, that's a good pick. Yeah, Um, and so for the production side of things, I would need, like you said, Pharrell, and I think we can agree when it comes to Pharrell that he's extremely open, and Pharrell has so many different sides to him, so I don't feel like he would push me too far into R&B, but he wouldn't let me escape, like, pop and some, like, rock-ish influences, so Pharrell's a definite. Just because of who she is, I would have to collaborate with Missy. Like Missy Elliott, like yeah. I need, I need yeah. that feel on my album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then there's this producer named Danger that I oh, would, yeah, yeah, I I love Danger. I would have to do something with him. So I want to keep like, like a consistent sound. So Danger and Pharrell would do most of the most of the production. I'm not sure what the yeah, title would so be. <laughs> right, just from the flavor of all those people, I'm feeling something like much about nothing. And I, I want. Like, okay. like, and I want to do that because it's like a play on the words. Like, I want it to mean like much about no thing, but everything. That's cool. That's really clever. Thank I you. I like it. Uh, thank you. I yeah. like it. I try. I <laughs> <laughs> try. Um, so, yeah. I just wanted to kind of like pick your brain on that because I feel like that's something we all think about at some point. Like, working on music, we're like, you know, damn, what if I got the opportunity to like create my ideal album? I know I'm going to get off the phone with you and be like, oh my God, how did I forget this person, this person, this person? Because there are so many people. Yeah. This is where my on the spot is not good. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Just take notes so that once you do get the chance to do your album, you have all these people lined up for you. Yes, you got it. <laughs> so moving on to our full Monty moment where we'll be having like our, our general conversation. The topic okay. for today is women empowerment. 
So being in the industry that's dominated by a bunch of men, because that's, you know, just how it runs in music. Like you have all these tycoons of men like running these labels, like Jay-Z runs Rockefeller and you have um, Diddy running his, his whole industry. Like I wanted to kind of talk about women in this industry dominated by men and how you hold on to your own power and how you establish it without coming across too abrasive and not, you know, and offending anyone. So one of the first questions that I have about this is what is the atmosphere of the music industry like for women? Because I only know what it's like, you know, for myself as a man, but as a woman in the music industry, what is the atmosphere like among you guys? You'll find a variety of of people, like, you know, some places you go, it's like, oh, you feel completely equal um, as as a woman. And I think there's a very, very strong camaraderie uh, for women in the industry because, it is a little bit harder. I think there's a bit more emphasis on the way you look and, you know, a lot more so than for men, no matter really where you are. For me, like, as you mentioned, you know, about being abrasive before, that is never the approach I will take. I always take more of a be kind. That's just my personality. I'm not a big, like, confrontation person. But if I lead with my talent mm-hmm. and if I'm confident in my talent, all women, I think that you can make a stance for yourself, whatever room you stand in, you know, and that. It doesn't need to be taken as abrasive or you don't even need to be abrasive because if your talent can speak for you, you know, you deserve to be wherever you are. So in an industry of men that have, you know, the power to develop you into whatever kind of female artist they want to see, how do you refute that and be your own woman? How do you stand up to these, you know, these industries that already have their idea of what the next female pop star or just star in general looks like? That's interesting because I see, I think there used to be a lot a lot more of a cookie cutter for women artists Mm -hmm. um, that they had to have a certain body type and a certain look and this, this and that. But I think now with a lot of the different platforms, you know, Spotify and streaming services that give people a really large platform, a lot of people that necessarily don't fit into this cookie cutter box are being seen and heard. And I think that dampens a lot of the voices Mm -hmm. that used to completely run the industry and you couldn't really make it if they didn't give you the, the yes, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, what's very off, like very cool about um, streaming services is that they are changing the game. So I think that changed, I think that changed the way path for, for female artists and that there is a lot more, the door is open a lot uh, wider okay. for us to kind of get in there and be, but you know, and, and even, even on the radio, not even only on streaming services, but on radio, I feel like there are some artists that, aren't necessarily cookie cutter if you are working with a label and they want certain things i think it's really tough in this industry because sometimes you speak your mind and they close the door on you you know so that's where it's tough and that's where i think if that happens you need to follow your path and just trust that your music will be heard and you know you'll get the the credit you deserve so when we talk about you know just female um artists i feel like a lot of female artists um just just thinking off the top of my head, they've made a lot of sacrifices for their career. Um, a lot of sacrifices to be, you know, to be in that race to number one, a lot of sacrifices to be seen. And so with sacrifices, a lot of times your integrity comes into play because you make these sacrifices and a lot of times they go up against your your morals and your integrity. So my question to that is, is your artistry ever worth your integrity? For me personally, I'm huge on my morals and values and my integrity so i'm not going to let anything compromise that Mm -hmm. no matter what door it's going to get me in because i would never feel good about that so for me personally 
nothing is worth my integrity or compromising my values or morals. That's a strong, that's a strong stance okay. for me. Um, I just wouldn't feel good about, I wouldn't feel good about it any other way. Gotcha. In regards to integrity, is there a time that you can recall where you really had to debate on if something would come up against your integrity or your morals? Just something, just being in the industry or being a part of some kind of project and you had to really sit and question yourself and say, all right, Corey, is this worth it? Is this going to tarnish how I feel about me or, you know, what I've been brought up to know? For me, I feel like that's, I don't know if I really battle with that because I feel like deep down, the second something comes up that you question whether or not you're going to feel good about yourself if you do it, you know the answer. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you know it. Before, you know, before you even really need to think about it. So if that if that runs through your mind, you're like, okay, if I don't need to really give this thought, I know it's a no. Mm-hmm. Or if I am giving it thought, I know I'm not going to feel good about this if I do it. Yeah. You know? Um, and there are definitely situations that, you know, come up, I mean – you know, that, that involve things like that. And it's just like, I don't care what this is going to do for me. It doesn't matter. No, that was a very good point you made though. If you ever have to question it, that's the first red flag. (laughs) You know, that's your answer. That is your answer. I have a lot of people took that advice. I think a lot of people would um, find themselves in in a, in a more respectable state of being. It's not about other people respecting you. You still have to be able to respect you at the end of the day. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And if I can't come home and look at myself in the mirror and say, you know, James, I'm proud of what you did today, then we have an yes. issue. <laughs> we yes. have an issue. Yes, because if you can't go to sleep and feeling good about yourself at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about you or what you did to get ahead or what you didn't do. Yeah. You're the one, that, like you said, that has to look yourself in the mirror and be good with yourself. Yeah. Like saying that we're talking about integrity, um, for women, I feel like it's a little bit different in the industry because with these men running it, you guys always seem to at some point cross the road of being over-sexualized and having this image built of you based solely on looks. Talent is no longer um, a requirement the way it used to be back in the day when you had like huh. Aretha and you had, you know, Patti LaBelle's and yeah. like, like the pioneers of like soul. Um, it was all based on talent then. You know, if you ha- just so happens to be attractive, then that's a bonus. But now it's such yeah. a superficial lane. And so when you look at really popular artists now like Rihanna, Beyonce, Katy Perry, um, and there are mm-hmm. all, all of these women are very often very vocal about being in control of their image, their sexuality, and their body. When you look mm-hmm. at what they've done so far, do you really think that they have control over it, or they're just discreetly folding into what consumers want? That I can't give a definitive answer on because I don't know them personally. Yeah. So I can say that a lot of artists that we see, I think it is a facade. I think it's something that was put on by their label, but. You know, I feel like if I don't know them personally, I can't speak on that only for myself. And in that, I would say that I completely agree with what you said. And that's why anyone who knows me, you, you they could tell you that I say I should have been born years ago because <laughs> I'm just a bit more of an old soul like that. Yeah. Like, I think it's not trying to be sexy is sexy, you know. Yes. Um, it's easy to flaunt it and be sexy, you mm-hmm. know. But it's a lot more of like a underlying sexiness when you're not really trying as hard yeah no i agree Um, i say that all the time like it's nothing better than someone who is extremely sexy but 
isn't aware of how sexy they are. Like it doesn't, (laughs) you don't always have to put it on front street. It's sometimes that silent movement that um, is really intriguing to people. So I couldn't agree with you more. And it's crazy. It's very true what you said about, um, it used to be a lot more about real talent. I've been in studio sessions where people have said to me, you need to dumb your voice down because I'm I'm a singer singer. That's what I, that's what I pride myself on. That's my love. That's my passion. And sometimes People are just like, you need, you know, dumb it down a little bit, make it, you know, make it more simple, you know. And it goes back to what we said earlier about that marketable sound. And so sometimes it's funny. Talent is not always marketable. You would think it is. (laughs) But the more talented you are, the more you have to water it down sometimes. It's harder. Yeah. Like if Celine Dion came out now. Oh, yeah. No. You know, there's no room. There's no room in this in this current industry climate for a Celine or a Whitney or a Mariah. Like, <laughs> and you even notice as like Ariana Grande and Tori Kelly get, get farther in their careers, yep. their songs don't really allow them to to use their like their vocal potential yes. that they have. You know, it's funny. It kind of turns into more poppy. Yes, me and my friends have these conversations all the time, and I always say, especially when it comes to Ariana Grande, she has not hit her full potential yet because they won't let her. Yeah. I mean, you go back and you find videos of these people singing. These women can sing. Yes, they can sing. <laughs> yes. You know, Adele has been lucky enough to be the exception where she, you know, does exactly what she wants to do. Yeah, that's just like you know, that's the one in a million where she gets to sing how she wants. And when it comes to being a boss, I feel like a lot of men. And sometimes women misinterpret being a boss for being a bitch. And we kind of talked about this slightly earlier when I said just that being a little abrasive. So what do you think the difference is between being a boss and being, quote unquote, a bitch? Oh, I don't think the two need to coincide at all. Okay. I think being a boss connotates to having confidence, knowing your worth, knowing what you're going after, knowing what you deserve. That's what a boss is. You can go into a room and be the sweetest person i i really try to be i think i'm a nice person but i also think i'm a boss you know just because if you walk into a room sometimes even before you say anything people can tell by the way you carry yourself oh definitely how you feel about yourself and all of those things connotate being a boss Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you never have to do anything in an abrasive way or in a bitchy way if someone comes at you a certain way you can counteract them in a very calm, kind way and get your point across and you don't have to be a bitch at all. But they will say, she's a boss. You know, she stood up for herself. She spoke eloquently and expressed how she felt, you know? Sometimes it's so much yeah. more power in nicely dealing with someone yes. than yes. than just a, like bluntly tearing them down. You can get people in numerous ways and you can do it with a smile on your face and you never have to get a character. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm all about building people up with love instead of like beating them down for them to want to build themselves up, you know, but that's, I work better that way as well. So, so (laughs) just to wrap up, what's your next boss move? Like what's, what's coming up for Corey? Like what's your next, you know, big boss plot? I am, I'm just working on more music, writing music for myself and for other people. Okay. And, um, just trying to be more involved in production. I love having a say in production as well. And I think as many jars you can get your hands into, you should. You know, as many things as you can do in this industry, that makes you a boss. The more things you can do well, not yeah. just do, but do well. So, you know, just writing and, and sessions, like I said, music for myself, for other people, and just producing and performing. 
just just continuing to do it. Tell people where they can follow you at, where they can, you know, because I know that you are working on the music and I want people to be able to um, access it once it's available. So give us your Twitter, awesome. your Instagram and all of that. This is this is my old school self and that I'm so bad on social media and it needs to get better. But okay. my Instagram is uh, Corey Music One. That's K-O-R-Y Music One. What else? My Facebook page is Corey, K-O-R-Y. Okay. And those are those are the two biggest that I use. Well, very cool, Corey. Yeah. I really appreciate you being on the show and just talking about this because I feel like a lot of women and young women in the industry could benefit just from some of the things that you said, um, just because I feel like you guys face a lot in this industry. And so it was important for me to get this out there on the table and talk about it. So I appreciate you being you know, available to do so. Yeah, and I appreciate you diving into these topics. They're, they're important topics, and I think it's really awesome that you're that interested. As Corey stated, follow her on Instagram and on um, Facebook. And yeah, this was another episode of GNA 365 Entertainment, Life, Culture, Art. Thanks for being a part of the show. I'm so-